You are locked on Packers. I feel like we can run the table. We really do. Your daily Green Bay Packers podcast. Rodgers gets out. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Floats it. Your team. Oh, every day. Touchdown. You are locked on Packers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. I'm Peter Bukowski and I cover the Packers. No longer for SB Nation and Packer Report. I cover the Green Bay Packers for The Leap. A new platform with me and Jason Hershorn. I told you about it yesterday. Maybe you missed yesterday's show. You can go sign up for The Leap at theleap.substack.com. Unique analysis from Jason and I and some other fun things that we will be able to tell you about very, very soon. You can go sign up for that now and the newsletter launches next week. All that content delivered right to your inbox. And you can follow me on Twitter at Peter underscore Bukowski. The link is there. Follow the podcast on Twitter at Locked on Packers. Like us on Facebook. Subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, on Spotify, on Google Podcasts. Wherever you find podcasts, you will find Locked on Packers, the number one Packers podcast on the internet. And the show for fans who know what happened, they want to know why and how. Today's episode is brought to you by Rock Auto. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Visit rockauto.com and tell them Locked on sent you. I don't want to waste a lot of time because we have Cynthia Freeland from NFL Network coming on the show. She has been in Buffalo over the last few weeks um, and has been providing this really cool service to the Buffalo audience, providing analytics in real time uh, to what they're doing. Uh, So some some really cool perspectives that she has. I think she is incredibly smart and very engaging. I I loved having a conversation with her. So that conversation coming up in a little bit. Like I said, I don't want to waste a lot of time because she and I talked for a while. So we try and keep these podcasts short. That said, we do have some news to discuss. Two players went on IR over the last two days that have meaningful impacts on the final 53. Will Redmond on IR. We mentioned that the other day. Devin Funchess now on IR. Why is that important? Well, we were trying to figure out how you manage this receiver room. And given the way Devin Funchess had been playing, it seemed like it was going to be really tough to keep him off this roster. That you know, okay, Randall Cobb, you know, Locke, Amari Rogers, they were going to make the roster, but what was their role on the team really going to be? And that maybe the guys who were most likely to impact the, the day on a Sunday or a Monday or a Thursday, we're going to include Devin Funches because of his receiving ability. He's hurt. He's on IR. He's going to miss the season, which means there is now a spot that might have gone to him that is now theoretically going to go to anyone else. Now, the Packers can get creative with the way that they they put together the roster, of course. Will Redmond, a safety, any special teams core member. Was he a great safety? No, but, but they need to replace the special teams part of it, which could open the door for someone like Christian Uphoff, Ennis Gaines, guys who had a chance to make the roster already. Now, they have an even better chance. The Funches injury, to me, seals it for Malik Taylor. He is on the squad because he has not only been a special teams player and made the squad last year, he's a proven special teams player, a core special teams player, but has been more dynamic than we had previously seen him in opportunities with both Jordan Love and Kurt Benkert. He looks like someone who, if they need him to play, can be a real NFL receiver. We saw him play a little bit last year with injuries to Devontae Adams and Alan Lazard. They did run a fourth down play call 
for him, uh, which I thought said a lot about the way they feel about uh, their their faith in his ability. But we hadn't seen it the same way. And now, you know, that that was part of it because we didn't get to see the preseason games. And maybe he was doing this a ton in practice that we didn't get to see. Now we're seeing, I think, what they saw in him all along. Six receivers. The sixth guy can play special teams. You don't have to use a spot. I almost said waste, but it wouldn't have been a waste. Devin Funches, if he had made the team, I think would have been a, a, a legitimate part of the offense. Now you don't have to use that on a guy who is not going to be a special teams player. So now that gives you more flexibility somewhere else. Maybe you keep an extra offensive lineman. You keep, you know, Yash Nijman or you keep Ben Braden when maybe you weren't otherwise going to. You keep Cole Van Lannen when maybe it would have been tough to do before. Maybe you keep an extra safety because after Adrian Amos and Darnell Savage, you've got Vernon Scott and you've got question marks. Now maybe you keep four, maybe you keep five. Uh, does this allow them to keep an extra linebacker potentially? Um, you know, is is Ty Summers versus Oren Burks? You know, maybe that's not a big a thing. You, you just got to keep both those guys and then figure it out from there. How many do you want to keep past that? So this this offers some flexibility. Maybe you don't have to decide between Tyler Lancaster and Jack Halflin. You just can you just can keep them both. I mean, it it could be the case that that is how they work this out. The fact that now you don't have Funches or Redman, who I wouldn't say Funches was a lock, but Redman was a near lock. I mean, he was safety three and a core special teamer. Those guys make rosters and not expensive. You know, they just brought him back. So he was he was going to make this team regardless of his limitations as a, a defensive player. And Devin Funches was showing well enough to at least give himself a good chance to make the roster. Now that's not going to happen. And remember the IR rules. You go on IR in the preseason and you are done. Done, done, done. Now, you're not totally done. You could come to an injury settlement and be released and eventually come back. That is pretty uncommon. Now, you know, guys that get released via injury settlements um, do end up hitting on other teams sometimes. Hitting is probably overstating it. They end up sticking. <laughs> they go to another team. Uh, rarely does a, a guy get you know released with an injury settlement in preseason and then go on to be you know an impactful player for another team. That's pretty rare. But uh, because if they were good enough to do that, usually the team just puts them on IR and stashes them. I don't think. Um, you know, the, the Packers are are going to be in a position to do that with Devin Funches. His, his career in Green Bay could just be over, though I think we will have uh, an interesting conversation to be had next offseason with MVS hitting free agency, with Alan Lazard hitting free agency. You know, uh, Jeremy Fowler reporting at ESPN that the Packers and Devontae Adams people are engaged in contract talks. Um, you know, some some structures that Devontae Adams and, and his side want in place. The numbers, they're not quite together on that, but they are they are reportedly at the table. Even if you keep Devontae, it's like Devontae, Amari Rogers, and we'll see. Well, maybe MVS prices himself out of a, a, a spot in 2022, just can't afford it. Maybe Alan Lazard. Packers just go, look, we can't afford to, to pay you $8 million a year to be receiver three. But another team can, and you're going to be receiver two there. And so, God bless you, go and and thrive in another location. You know, sometimes that's just the, the calculus. And you say, okay, well, we can get Devin Funches on the minimum 
Now, by then, he'll have not played in three years. But you could say, you know, it's a it's a it's a no risk proposal. And then you, you go from there. My guess is the Packers are going to use a high pick on a receiver in this next draft. But I've been wrong about that before. <laughs> uh, still, there's there's a lot. We're going to we're going to go through the roster tomorrow when America's guest Jason Hershorn and my uh, my co-founder at The Leap comes on tomorrow uh, to do our annual Brian Gutekind's Matt LaFleur bit. How much longer that will be those guys. Now I feel a little bit better about it. I was I was a little worried. You know, it was something that Jason and I discussed when there were the reports, hey, Aaron Rodgers wants Goody out. It's like, okay, do we have to retire this bit? What do we what are we gonna do on that? And no, we you know we don't we don't have to. We don't we get to do it. And so that's coming up tomorrow. We will have a full roster projection, which is a dangerous game before the final uh preseason game, but I think we can I think we can do it and I think we can do a, a, a pretty a pretty accurate job on it. We usually we usually get pretty close. I mean, it's usually just like one or two guys where you're just like, wait, what? So uh that is coming up tomorrow and coming up next. We have our conversation with Cynthia Freeland from NFL Network. Does this sound familiar? You've got one device that lets you catch the game live. Another that lets you stream your favorite TV shows. You're watching sports highlights on your phone and you've got your neighbor's best friends log in for the good stuff. Well, I want to tell you about a simple way to get all that entertainment that you love without the hassle and a great way to finally get your TV together. It's called Direct TV Stream, and it brings you live TV and on-demand favorites together like never before, so you can watch your favorite sports, movies, and shows all in one place. That means no more juggling remotes and no need to buy another device ever again. And the best part, no annual contract. So get rid of the clutter and the confusion and get your TV together with Direct TV Stream. You can learn more at directtv.com. That's directtv.com. Compatible device required. Content varies by package. And if you're like me, just about every day you stare into the cabinet going, why don't I have anything good in the house? If you're a cheesehead, you probably love cheese as much as you love the green and gold. You know how the best part of a grilled cheese sandwich is the cheese that melts off in the pan and gets crunchy? I had that today, in fact. Well, Just the Cheese made a bar out of just that. That's why I started snacking on Just the Cheese. Just the Cheese brings you cheese. 100% cheese with no fluff or filler like you've never had it before as a salty baked snack. It's cheese and crackers without the crackers, which also means without the unnecessary carbs. I told you my toddler loves them. I cut them into very small pieces because he is getting fussy. (laughs) And so he happens to like this. He opens the cupboard and he pulls out the package all on his own. I kid you not. And there's no complicated recipes or almond flour that makes you feel like you're eating health food. Just natural cheese baked until it's crunchy to give you that great taste of Wisconsin cheese with the crackle of a cracker. Locked on Packers listeners get 20% off when you use the promo code 20LOCKEDON at checkout on Amazon. And because it's on Amazon, that means you don't have to live in Wisconsin to get that signature Wisconsin cheese fix. Use the promo code LOCKEDON on Amazon and have it sent to you wherever you are. That's promo code 20LOCKEDON for 20% off on Amazon. All right, let's get to Cynthia Freeland. She is the master of the data over at NFL Network. Follow her on Twitter at C Freeland, F-R-E-L-U-N-D. Cynthia, it is awesome to have you here. Thanks for coming on the show. You got it. 
So you uh, have been very much uh, at the forefront of the, what, what I, it's a revolution in the NFL to, to be sure about the analytics. And, and I love looking into the data. Um, I, I do not have um, the alacrity with it that you do, but you have spent some time in Buffalo this preseason. And if there is a place to do a vibe check, it's in Buffalo, both with the players and with the fans. So do you sort of let yourself be like, okay, hey, yeah, this is, I like the vibe of the team. I like the feelings. I like the players, I like the confidence. Like, do you let yourself dive into some of the, the squishy sciences there? You know, I love being around it because especially after last season when we didn't get any, like I, you know, I work in the studio during the regular season, so I don't get a chance to often go to very many games. And especially with last season, all the COVID protocols, I didn't even go to one. So being even, even those preseason, I understand, but the feeling of like the way the grass smells and how happy the players are to be back. And I don't know, it's just, it's really great to be around like any team, but this team, especially because they're really like, they like each other. they, you know, it's kind of interesting to see like the ahead of the games, both of the games that I've done so far have been away games. So we did at Detroit and then at Chicago. And then of course it's Packers this week in Buffalo, but the first two being on the road, you see like kind of how the team all functions together and gets a chance to hang out. And literally everyone from the, the owners down to like an AP, which is, you know, you and I know, like that's like an entry level job. Yeah. They hang out together and the owners are super, like everyone's like treated very, very similarly, very on level playing ground. Like they just want to like be around each other. It's been really cool to see. And especially, like I said, especially after last season being so isolated from each other, it's really nice to see people like, you know, we, we went to a roof deck bar in Chicago. It was like super fun. So I've, I've been, I've been really lucky to do that. For as much as Packer fans want to want to hate on Bears fans, Chicago in the summer is tough to beat. It is unbelievable there. It really is unbelievable. I, I went to school there, so I'm a little uh, I'm a little biased, but I went to grad school there, so I obviously you know I, I like me some Chicago. I grew up in Milwaukee. So it was a place that I was, that I was very often. I saw a lot of friends there. It is a great place to visit. It's not a great place to be a sports fan. That's, that's, that's all I'll say. <laughs> um, so, I mean, you are, you mentioned the amount of time that you spent in the studio. You, you get to talk to, uh, you know, the former players are, that is a cavalcade of former players at, at NFL network. And then, you know, this experience in Buffalo, as I said, the, the, the analytics is sort of where you're, that's your, that's your, um, your Ballywick. But do you ever look at it going, uh, we're missing something with, with the player to player stuff that, that we can't quantify because if you, if you talk to players, they all say that. And, and so I don't know, it, it, it is something that I, that I think about a lot. So I guess I would say that I think sometimes analytics get a little bit of a bad rap because people try to be so binary, like this is mm-hmm. right, or this is wrong, or the analytics say to do this or the, anal- that's actually not how I view it at all. I right. think it's a tool in your tool belt. Imagine if you made decisions with 10% more confidence, not a hundred percent. Like if you could make a hundred percent confident picks, like what am I doing talking about football? Like <laughs> I'll go like win the stock market, like, you know, something like that. Right. So what you're trying to do is create a little bit better quality decision each and every time that's literally true for every single career path and every single job. If you could just make your, your decisions like just a a little bit better, then why wouldn't you give yourself every opportunity to succeed? Actually, Tyron Matthew, I I already loved him, but he just tweeted something about how they team should be using analytics with big plays, et cetera. But the problem sometimes people have is, you know, players often get the idea that the analytics are used to not get them the optimal contract. When in fact, a lot of teams and the bills included, 
I mean, they sign players like Isaiah McKenzie is a wide receiver special teams player that has more value on their team than others based on the type of scheme they play and what the expectations are. So it can actually be used in your, in your favor too. So it's really more about just having like an understanding of what the analytics are supposed to be doing and how they fit into where you're trying to use them. Meaning if you're trying to use them in games, how do you give yourself a little bit more of an edge to get that first down or touchdown or stop that first down or touchdown on defense? And then, you know, consequently in the off season, how do we find the puzzle pieces that make our team optimal given the finite number of players there are out there? Yeah. And I think Greg Williams made a great point and, you know, he, he gets a lot of crap from, from football fans about the, some of the things that he said, but he said, look, I know what the analytics say, but if I go for it on fourth down, because the analytics say so, and I don't get it, we could lose a game. And then guess what? The GM, the owners, they don't care what the number said we lost. But the, I would argue then he's doing like the, what you should do with the analytics is to know which side of the, the line you fall on, right? Like we always have this conversation. It's easiest to, to imagine. Well, is this guy overpaid or is he underpaid? Well, you inherently need to know what paid is if right. you can figure out if it's over or under. So what I'm saying is that analytics helps you determine pay. You can decide to overpay. You technically have to overpay for scarcity, right? Like you, there aren't that many people who can play quarterback at a high level in the world. So you're going to quote unquote overpay them as opposed to something else where you're underpaying a guy because there's so many wide receiver twos and threes out there. So some of these guys contract aren't going to be quote unquote paid, right? right? Because it's, it's about market dynamics at that. So it's the same thing with going forward on fourth down. It's the same thing with kicking a field goal versus, you know, whatever you're going to want to do, right? It's, there's some things that are strategically and statistically more likely, but you sometimes have to choose the unlikely path based on the quote unquote analytics, because maybe your right tackle just got banged up really hard in that last player. Maybe your left guard's been getting crushed by Aaron Donald all game and you need to give him a break. So you can't do that. So we don't know the, the dynamics of what's actually and intricacies of what's actually going on, but it's like, you're just trying to create a framework so that that you can know which side of the line you fall on. Like that Philly special that the Eagles ran at the end of that game, they're highly sophisticated analytics staff when Doug Peterson was there. Right. And that was a low probability play and that one worked, but they knew it was a low probability play. So it's just the knowledge of where you fall. And, and I, you know, your risk tolerance and all of that stuff. And, and, and what is average, right? If the, if the numbers say on average, do this thing, but Aaron Rodgers or Patrick Mahomes is your quarterback. Maybe you, that changes your calculation with all this stuff. Right. right? So speaking of, of Aaron Rodgers, and I think this Saturday, unfortunately, we're not going to see Aaron Rodgers or Josh Allen, but <laughs> there are two guys who the, the regression conversation is being had. Josh Allen has this breakout 2020 season. Aaron Rodgers, he didn't break out, right? He's, he was Aaron Rodgers before that, but he elevated his play above what we'd seen it the, the past two years. Do you look at them differently in terms of how you view the likeliness of a regression in 2021 and why? Yeah. So let's start first with Aaron Rodgers, because one of the things that I love most about any data on him is that he actually makes his O-line better. Most quarterbacks need their O-line to be awesome so that they can function. Baker Mayfield really comes to mind for that to me. Um, Aaron Rodgers is kind of the opposite, right? Like David Bakhtiari is very special. Let me be clear, but losing Brian Balaga there wasn't much of a drop-off, right? So it's not that it's not that Aaron Rodgers needs his, can handle it if his O-line's terrible. But if, remember, we talk about that average, 
for Aaron Rodgers to still be supremely efficient, that average can be lower for him than for other quarterbacks. So the regression, I don't know what regression means to a lot of people. I, Cause by the way, you can have quote unquote positive regression too. Like mm-hmm. you get a bad season, you can come back up right. to the mean too. So realistically speaking, it's more about how do you get Aaron Rodgers in a situation where you're actually not asking him to do as much as you asked of him last season. The defense needs to be better complimentary football. So likely we'll see a different fold and look from the run game because Aaron Rodgers is who he is. And you don't want to take away the things he does that are special, right? Scrambling outside of the pocket, connecting with Devonte Adams on inexplicably crazy passes. Don't take that out of there, but add in some levels to the run game to kind of keep you in you know, third and short and manageable downs and distances. So you can optimize for Aaron Rodgers. Like, I think that's more what we see optimizing around this supremely efficient quarterback to begin with. Like that's where the change will happen for the Packers. In my opinion, right. You'll probably see more AJ Dillon. You'll probably see different packages with receivers, just, just different looks, right. Got to keep things guessing, but you know, ultimately playing to the strengths of Aaron Rodgers. Now, Josh Allen, what Brian Dable will have to do he'll probably have to create a situation where Josh Allen isn't being in harm's way as often. I mean, Josh Allen's huge. I just stood next to him and like, he's a, just a huge human being and you kind of can't keep taking hits. You have to be more strategic about that. You know, there's a reason why, you know, he has like the, the, you know, the most passing yards and the most rushing touchdowns and the most rushing, like he, he adds that, like no one's ever done that before, but there's kind of a reason why it's because you can get hurt that way. It's not a, it's just not a good formula for things staying efficient. You need your quarterback on the field. Mitchell Trubisky's looks good, but you want Josh Allen out there. So what I would argue with Josh Allen is that he needs to start adding those folds to his game that Aaron Rodgers already has making his O line better crafting kind of changing where, okay, the safety is lined up here, some audible to, you know, you, you have to be able to kind of call the plays a little bit more yourself or adapt, which is what Aaron Rodgers does so supremely well. Mm -hmm. I don't know if Josh Allen just, he's getting there. It's his good season. Like he'll, he'll, we'll see what he's made of, but Brian, Brian Dable still being there is a huge thing for Josh Allen's development. Whereas, you know, Aaron Rodgers, could, I could probably call plays for the Packers. Let's be honest. I mean, I'm taking, taking nothing away from, uh, you know, from coach or anything, but you know, uh, when you have Aaron Rodgers, like, we'll just, you know, make it happen. What do you want to play? Uh, Malifor, Malifor says it all the time. Aaron makes, makes us right. Just if, if you need to yes. go make us right at the line of scrimmage, go make, go make us right. And he can do it. And like, that's something that with Jordan love, they're not seeing and and they're not, you know, it's not that they're not seeing it. They're not asking him to do that yet. He's just not there as an NFL player. That's a good segue, actually, because Josh Allen made this this big leap. And, and you mentioned Brian Dayball and, and what, he, what he's been able to do. They bring in Stefan Diggs. They they created better circumstances around him. And, and he showed improvement that I don't want to say it's totally unprecedented because I feel like I may be missing a guy here or there. But we talk all the time about okay, improving accuracy, that's a really tough thing to do. This all seems relevant for the Packers with, with Jordan Love and how they can, they can best position him. So based on you know, whatever, whatever you've looked at over time in terms of quarterback progression and, and situations, I mean, what, do you, what do you think is the best way to make sure that the Packers with Jordan Love um, can succeed? And, and if you do remember what, what you're, you're sort of, I know you have a lot of draft models, what they said yeah, about yeah. Jordan Love, I'd love, to, I'd love to hear that as well. So the problem with any of the people who were drafted in 2020, and this goes for people who, you know, played and didn't play, is that we don't know their learning curve 
is very out of kind of scope, right? Like I can't, I don't believe it's an apples to apples comparison between the guys who had like 2019 to 2020, very different. Now this 2021 class, while they have preseason, remember uh, many of them had weird college seasons. Like right. if they even played or no it, college like, season. Yeah. Right. Like if they even played, it's just like weird stuff. So we're seeing now this compression of 2020, 2019. And then by the way, the way they've done cut downs is also impacting what we can see from not just, you know, it, Jordan love, but, but everyone, right. Like, you know, 85, 80, and then 53, that's like a huge step. So a lot of this, like the, you know, the, the chemistry that develops between what would be presumably, you know, your second string situation. I don't know if that's what we're seeing from Jordan love or not. So it's a little unfair to even uh, like, I don't even think we have any idea who he is yet or what he can become because there's been this roulette of different opportunities and the stability that comes from playing with the same people. That's something that 2020 and 2021 guys just haven't really had. So I don't feel, I don't feel like we know what we're going to get from him and I'm not sure when we'll see it. Probably, you know, it's probably one of those things where they'll have to take a risk at some point. Hopefully I, you know, I, I think there's a lot of high expectations for the Packers this season. Hopefully there'll be some packages where he can roll in and, and get a little bit more comfortable in case he needs to play at any point. Right. So I don't know what we'll see from him. My model was very, he's, he has a, a very boom or very bust uh, profile. He doesn't have an, an average profile, you know, like, so if you think about, you know, there's a bell curve, right? Most people are pretty average and that's not his, he could either go really good or really bad. So he's not going to be a B minus quarterback. Probably. Nope. He's not going to be like a middling guy that you're like, Oh, like, do we just pay him or do we better? We <laughs> nine and eight, Oh, 10 and seven, Oh, nine and eight. Like, what do we do? Like, that's not it. It's either going to be bad or it's going to be good. That's, that's the, what the profile says. And we'll be interesting to see, look like learning from Aaron Rodgers, like how, who wouldn't love to apprentice behind Aaron freaking Rodgers? Like, okay, like sign me up. Like that's incredible. But it, it'll come down to if that can translate to doing the things on the field that earn you those first downs and touchdowns. And by the way, they need some help with the wide receiver position because while Aaron makes the team better, you know, you, it, as Bill Polian said to me, it's easier to win with the good players, right? So you need to have a little more than Devonte <laughs> Adams regularly being exceptional to really help you out. Yeah. And, and they're hoping Randall Cobb does that. They're hoping that, that Amari Rogers can, can give them something and, and that maybe more all the scanling takes a leap. I mean, they're, they have a path. We just have, they'd have to walk that path. Yep. Um, are there, are there any players, um, that you think we're maybe not talking enough about with the Packers who you think have a chance to break out? I mean, Darnell Savage has been a name that's been mentioned, um, a lot that this could be the year that we finally see him be an all pro. We saw J.R. Alexander have that same sort of breakout last year. Uh, and he, I, I know he's one of your guys. Yeah, no, I'm like, I, I don't know if anyone has like banged the drum louder for Jair Alexander than me. Like I'm, I'm like all over it. No, I, I really enjoy watching him. If he had the setup Jalen Ramsey had last year with another, you know, the, some help, some depth in, in the defensive back position, the same way that Jalen Ramsey did people wouldn't, it wouldn't even be a question like that. He's because people always get mad at me that they're like, he's not better than Jalen. Like watch the film, you know, yeah. whatever. Um, I think, I think it's interesting. Savage is, I really think is great. I think, like I said, I like AJ Dillon a lot. I think it's going to be interesting to see how 
he's used in a different way than Aaron Jones. Um, I think that's really important because tempo and ball control, and it doesn't sound sexy, but like just kind of being able to control the clock in a different way while this defense figures out pressure was not a strong point last season. So figuring out a way to not put yourself in a position where the pressure it's one of those things that if you have to keep pressuring people at the in the fourth quarter like the ability to get accurate pressure or to keep that defensive front go that stuff you need it you need help right you need to slow it down you need to get them a blow on the side of on the on the sideline like get, right. give them a break right so being able to control the tempo a bit more not relying on like you know Aaron Rodgers to pass every single down um, is a, is a huge improvement or a huge area of improvement that I think could happen. I think AJ Dillon's in a good spot to do that. Um, I, you know, I also, I'm looking at this front, I'm looking at a Michigan man. I want to see how it works out. Right. Like I, you know, I, I loved, I remember like one of the things that when I was first, like really learning how football like worked, I remember throwback here, but Mike Daniels used to be like this big old problem. Mm-hmm. And people were like, yeah, he's on every single, like every single play you see him just crushed. Like, and they haven't had that consistency, even with the, you know, the, the brothers, the Smith brothers or whatever. Like, I don't, I don't know about that. So it's, how do you create that with not just one person? Right. So that pressure front, I want someone to step up and show me who's going to be like the solution when, you know, I look, let's, let's be honest. Like the, it, the NFC North does not seem like it's going to be the most challenging division this year, but they play the West and the West, right. that's a very, very really difficult good. division. Who's going to get Kyler Murray? Like that little slippery sucker, like no way. Like that stinks. Like they're used to, they know what Stafford's about, right? They've seen him when he was in Detroit, Russell Wilson. He's a, you know, he's awesome, but he's a known quantity as well. A little slippery too. But some of these other guys, like what, what if it's Trey Lance? Like, what and Kyler Murray's got to figure some stuff out this year too. They spent a lot of money on that team. So yeah. I need that front to step up if they really want to go past, you know, winning the division. I do think um that is where we need we need the player to come through. Like you mentioned Rashawn Gary, the Michigan man. My Michigan you know, man. Yep. Incredible, incredible physical tools. And Mike Smith, the outside linebacker coach, is is just like, give me a guy with that tools who gives a shit. And I'll turn him into a football player. And I think that's a part of this too, that when we're talking about modeling and projection and analytics, it can only take you so far. It's sort of like, you you know, you can only, you you have to be able to overcome adversity. You have to be a hard worker. I mean, there's so much that, that goes into it that we can't just say, oh, well, the model said X. So the model was wrong. No, no, no. The the player has to still go do the thing. You can only lead it. You know, the, the, the analytics don't even lead the horse to water. It's describing the path to the river. Not, you know, anything else. So the last thing that I'm going to, that I'm going to bug you about analytically wise, okay. this was a, this was a big talking point last year for the Packers is the second down and early down running. And this has been a little bit of a, a, a bugaboo of mine because I felt like they were doing it the first year they were early down passing. They were doing it a lot. And I was like, hell yeah, Matt LaFleur, I thought he was going to come in, be a little bit more run heavy. And, and after the 2020 draft, you're like, okay, well, I guess they want to, they got to play with the H back and it's going to be power run. But then they, they threw a lot in early downs this last year. It was less so. And the explanation Matt LaFleur gave was, well, a lot of these are pre-snap RPOs. Aaron Rodgers is deciding based on the fronts, if we're going to run or pass the ball. And so like, where do you, you're going to say nuance and I, I get that. And that's awesome. Uh, but like, where do you come down on, on, on ideas like that? Like, okay, second and long, don't run the ball first down. We should be trying to be more pass heavy. 
So I think what you should realize if you, if I'm a team and I'm giving Matt LaFleur advice on that, perfect. Um, you have to know a little bit, like you have to take into consideration that most teams watch about four weeks of film to lead up to your game. So you know what your defense is kind of expecting what they've seen with it. So let's say they're, you know, they're playing the Vikings. They know what the Vikings have seen the past four games. The Vikings have looked at the, you know, what the Packers have done about the past four games, et cetera, et cetera. Right. So I think you should tailor the game plan for the defense that you're, that you're most likely to see and the, the tenants of that defense, what they have seen a lot of and what they have not seen a lot of, and you should kind of vary it so that they're not getting something that they're already in a groove for. It is very hard to play Lamar Jackson and then play Aaron Rodgers the next week. Right. The defense is in a groove expecting one thing. And then you have, you have a totally different beast the second thing, right? So it's more about being really understanding like how other people are prepping so you can outsmart their prep. That's it. It's not, it's not as easy as, you know, you can't be like, okay, the Bills did really good last year and nobody threw more on first down than the Bills. So we should all throw on first down. <laughs> right. It's not like that, right? Like you have to remember that they went from, some teams went from like playing Cam Newton and then to play them. And then play, like, it's, it's just a different, it's a different, um, set of circumstances that they were working with. So it's really about the ability to communicate to your team. Like here's our strategy for this game. And as the season wears on and it gets easier and easier to like cookie cutter boot boot. And you, you can't do that. And, and I think what happens is I, I think sometimes I think Aaron knows that and he does, I don't know if anyone preps harder more thoroughly or like, I don't even like, I asked him what he thought pre-snap one time. And I'm like, I don't know if I have that many thoughts in a day, you know? And, and I'm, I think I'm like decently smart, but like, you know, this is every snap, this man's doing this. Right. So, you know, it's like, he understands that what the coach should be doing is translating that into the rest of them, because almost no one's like Aaron. So that's where I think that, and you're right. It's an unsatisfying answer of nuance, but the reality is, is like coach then needs to become a better, like transpose what was said there to what we're going to do, put in practice in these installations, because he's seeing this stuff because he's actually doing the work. Like some people don't do any of the work, right? They just need the coach to tell them what to do all the time. That's not Aaron Rodgers. Now you've got this huge advantage. Well, making an ultimate advantage by getting the rest of your team aligned so that those things, so it's not, you know, we're throwing only on second down. You, you don't need to call that. That will annoy everyone and probably annoy Aaron Rodgers the most of anyone. <laughs> yes, I, 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 I totally agree. And it's not an unsatisfying answer to me. It's just <laughs> one of those things that it was something that was talked about a lot. And I was just like, oh, I, I get, get it. it. But I also like, I, I sent a note to, to someone with the team and I was like, does Matt, does Matt know what the numbers say? And he was like, I assure you, he knows what the numbers say. Um, but I think Matt, I think where you should tell Matt is like, like we need to give Matt some, like, like sometimes I think coaches just, they, you know, they get through their pressers, you know, like, I think he needs to have a little more fun with it. God forbid. I understand. It's like the least favorite part of everyone's job, but like, I don't know. It's part of it. Like you and I have to do things that aren't always that fun. It's just part <laughs> of your job, you know, like right. do it anyways. Like, make it, you know, make it fun. He, I think he's doing a better job with that. And I don't know what Good. he's like in, you know, like you, if you get a chance to sit down with him this week or whatever, before the game, I don't so know what nice. he's like. I don't so know what he's fun. like in those settings, but I've, I've heard Way good better. things. I think he's still, you know, he's, he's still a young guy. He's a young head coach. He's still finding his way. And I, I would think it's hard to, when you're worried about every word you say being parsed by your quarterback understanding that like, I need to, I need to make sure that I'm, yeah, you know, well, that's that why I'm, he has a bit, he's doing a bit for you. 
because that's right. already something Aaron's okay with. So it's a, it becomes a bit like I can see right. it. I, Cause he's, a, he's actually a, like a, I think he's very cool. Like he's very nice. He's funny. Like engaging. I'm like, just tell us jokes then. I'm like, the media is not that smart. We ask the same dumb <laughs> questions over and over again. Like just you get a new answer for it. Like Sean McDermott does a good job with that. Right. Like Sean McDermott, you know, uh, he knew exactly like the right amount of poke about Dan Campbell and his coffee order. Right. Like he knew the exact right amount of po- like he knows what he's, he knows what he's doing that one. He knows what he's doing. Like I said, I think, I think Matt is figuring it out. He's, you know, throwing some shade at Arthur Smith, his buddy in, in Atlanta now, and they're going back and forth. I don't know if you heard him on, on, um, flying coach, but he was really funny with Sean McVay and, and Peter Schrager. That's so that's good. I think no, he's I, not here yet, but I'll have I to think it's working out for him. And good. he, I can tell you that he is already a beloved coach among Packer fans. They love the attitude oh, and the, and the approach. Yeah. And I'm the, telling the, you, I really like him too. I'm just like, you know, I'm like, you can play back with us a little bit. Yeah. I, I think you're, I think you're right about that. He, he gives it a little bit, some of the, yeah, I'll, I'll leave it. I'll leave it there in terms of what we're going to say on the record here. But um, Cynthia, this was, this was really awesome. Um, and, and uh, I, I think um, people are, are going to enjoy this conversation. I, I appreciate you taking the time. Yeah. Thank you so much for having me. And, you know, I appreciate that. Uh, I got my, I'll tell your viewers, like I totally, I messed up my time zone. So thank you for accommodating <laughs> me and my Montana lifestyle here. I'm out here. I gotta, I gotta go catch a fish so they can make it for dinner. I'm not even kidding about that. actually. <laughs> <laughs> well, so, well yeah. good luck with the fish. Thank you. I need it. <laughs> All right. I want to thank Cynthia again for coming on the show. Loved that conversation. Um, I, I think, uh, I think she's awesome. And, uh, I, I, I think you'll agree. Today's episode is brought to you by betonline.ag. It's that time of year again, and all eyes are now turning to football as teams get back on the gridiron to start the football season. As always, BetOnline is your number one spot for all the pro and college football action this season. Get all the updated odds, props, and contests, including online's biggest half-million-dollar mega contest and the world's largest $200,000 NFL Survivor contest open now at BetOnline. Online, head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today with the promo code locked on to get a 100% welcome bonus for new customers. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports from football, basketball, boxing, right to your favorite Vegas casino games. Don't wait to take advantage of all the great offers for the 2021 season. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. And betting on the Packers doesn't have to be a guessing game if you listen to the new Locked on Bets podcast hosted by your boy Q and handicapping expert Lee Sterling. Get daily picks, blowout specials, wrong team favored picks, and Lee Sterling's lock of the day. Follow Locked on Bets podcast brought to you by betonline.ag wherever you get podcasts. All right, we're going to be back for our last show of the preseason with Jason Hershorn, America's guest and my new partner over at The Leap. Go sign up for The Leap at theleap.substack.com. We are going to be rolling out a lot of fun stuff starting on Monday, but you can subscribe now. Have all of that content beamed right to your mobile device, right to your email, and we would love to take this journey along with you. Follow me on Twitter, Peter underscore Bukowski. Follow the podcast on Twitter, Locked on Packers. Like us on Facebook. Subscribe to the podcast, iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, wherever you find podcasts, you will find Locked on Packers. And anytime you want to hit us up on the Locked on Packers fan hotline, you can do that 920-341-3775 to stay Locked on Packers.